91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about Night of the Demons 2 from and I couldn't believe this when I saw this number, 1994. Yeah. Um, this feels like it would have been late 80s for sure. But Scott, you picked this one. Let's talk about it. Why did you pick Night of the Demons 2? So, fun story. Uh, we we Got a hotel room, like the three of us got a, a, a two-bed hotel room off of the campus, quote-unquote, I suppose. So, like, we didn't get to have, like, the really fun con experience. Plus, I was sick as fuck. So, both Friday night and Saturday night, I was trying my best to, like, fall asleep or and not cough to keep you guys up. Um, I took, like, NyQuil or whatever, and I have my laptop with me, and I had three movies that I had found on my hard drive that I was going to watch, and one of them was Night of the Demons 2, and I literally got 10 minutes in both nights, and then, you know, passed out from NyQuil, like, planned, and I never got to finish it, and I was like, okay, well... You know, we'll I'll pick it for the show sometime. And since it's a since the Night of the Demons franchise is a Halloween franchise, they all happen on Halloween. I thought, you know, Matt is being a loser and not letting us, not letting me dictate our 
October programming to be a, a theme month because he hates theme months because he gets tired of them. And so I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to pick a Halloween movie. And here we are. Look, it's just it's not that I hate theme months, but I think we all agreed when we did the anthology month, when we did the musical month, like by the time you're watching your fourth musical in two weeks, you're kind of just burned out. And I it's, just... It's, yeah, four musicals in a row is a lot, you know, for us to discuss. And <laughs> or, or like last year when we did four fucking... Anthology Anthologies, yeah, was... which was pretty brutal. But if we're just like, oh, let's pick cool movies that happen on or around Halloween. Like, that's... That's not hard. That's like our bread and butter, man. Look, it's a hard... Look... It's a horror movie. It's happening in or around Halloween in our hearts, regardless. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Night of the Demons 2 is one of those movies where nothing happens for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, except there's a lot of nudity. Yeah. There's, like, that I is not... a plus side. <laughs> That's a plus side. And then the other plus side is that this movie stars friend of the show, Robert Bacon, as cool guy that takes them to the house. <laughs> My first note, and I felt like I was in Knocked Up when I wrote this, but I had to laugh, because I always have the time display at the top of my screen so I can see how much longer I have to go with the movie at all times. Uh, and the first set of boobs pop up at 4 minutes and 20 seconds into the movie. Oh, man. The 420 boy is back at it. There's, like, so much nudity in this movie. Unnecessary nudity. Yeah, it happens every time I watch it with Jade. Every time. It's a bad look. <laughs> and you have and to I, act, you know, like you don't, like you're not interested. You have to be yeah. like, oh, yeah, and you're playing oh, Yahtzee on your geez. phone. Like, well, they yeah. they got to put boobs in everything? Dear God, Jade. Well, she's, she, the thing is, she's just like typical, right? Like, she's like, your brother just only picks movies that have boobs in it. And she said it last night, like, oh, of course, Matt picks another movie with boobs in it. And I thought for a second, I said, her image of Matt has already been tainted. Scott's got a clean canvas. <laughs> so I will not correct her. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> my movies are fairly boob-free, honestly. Mm, I'm pretty sure that I have a note. The fucking fun house. In the fun house, there are boobs within the first three minutes. Uh, yeah, the fun house to... was a listener-submitted movie, uh, so I am in the clear. <laughs> uh, you would have uh, been. But it's your fucking top five. My, yeah, okay. yeah, this is my favorite movie. <laughs> the shower scene. Oh my God, the boobies and the hand jumps. <laughs> my, my top five horror movies, for the most part, are almost exclusively boob free. Yeah, Weird. Like Sleepaway Camp, no boobs because they're all like 12. Uh, are you sure there are no boobs in Sleepaway? Well, you probably just you just no, watched it, so yeah. You, yeah, you Sleepaway know. Camp Two is where all the boobs come in. Sleepaway Camp yeah. One, boob free. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, boob free. Frighteners, boob free. Scream, boob free. Is that what the tagline for Sleepaway Camp is? <laughs> boob. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, Sleepaway Camp Two, where all the boobs come in. Uh, Guys, we really got to make our money back. We lost a lot of money on the first one. I got it. So, one of the things, one of the most interesting things in this movie for me are the boobs. Is the character of the nun. Is that interesting? Because I find her so annoying. Well, no, no, no. Here, let me say a fucking sentence. No. No! Like, they start off the introduction of her. And it's like, she's practicing essentially karate with a ruler. Like, she is designed to be a character that as soon as you see her, you're like, oh, yeah, no, she's going to get killed in, like, the most terrible of ways. 
Uh, she's clearly the villain before the demons mm-hmm. show up. And then she ends up being, like, the hero of the movie. And I thought that that was kind of interesting, like, that they actually made a choice. Like, they made a choice <laughs> to not just be like, okay, well, we've introduced her as, like, the evil nun, so clearly she's just going to be evil until she gets killed. And it's like, no, she actually has a redemption story arc in fucking Night of the Demons 2 of all movies. <laughs> the, the thing I always question about these horror movies, and I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe it's true, maybe I got lucky growing up, but, like, I got bullied, right? Like, I got bullied a lot. There was a lot of bullies, but I got bullied for being fat or for being not cool or whatever. And the big thing in horror movies is, like, do people really bully other people for horrible traumas that they go through? Like, because I see it all the time in horror movies. And never growing up have I seen people like, uh uh-huh, your parents are dead and your sister's a psychopath. Like, I've never experienced any, like, bullying like that. And I always wondered if that actually happens or not. I think about that a lot because you are right. That pops up as a movie trope. And I'm just like, these kids are dicks. Like, yeah. Like... And I'm sure there are people that horrible, like, you know, but it's just, it seems too common in the the horror universe. In cinema, it's very common, yeah. Well, Um, you know, like, when they're making fun of Mouse, it's basically like, um, Melissa is an orphan, Melissa is an orphan. Yeah. Uh, why didn't your mom make you a costume? Her mommy's dead. Like, Halloween (laughs) 4 has the meanest kids in it, and I feel like this is the spiritual successor to it. I also think, I was thinking about this because obviously this movie wants us to remember the original Night of the Demons because they're trying really hard to have all of the character archetypes and like basically follow the plot lines. But this movie, I feel like, has too many fucking characters in it that we're supposed to be following compared to Night of the Demons. I don't know if it's... There are five characters in Night of the Demons, you know? Yeah, like, that's right. But I I feel like even if there was, like, a slightly big cast in Night of the Demons, they were good at making each character uniquely different where, like, they felt like... I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, people would just keep popping up, and I'd be like, I guess I'm supposed to care about this person now. And all I remember is Ben Stiller's wife and the dude from Dr. Giggles. Those are the only two people I remember in this movie. <laughs> There's also the the woman who is the meanest girl ever. She's a blonde, but she has her hair dyed dark brown slash black in this movie. I think that her name was Shirley, and she's the, the bitchy, like, head mean girl who's basically trying to seduce every man and then she i hate to say this but she gets raped by a a lipstick and that Mm -hmm. like okay so this movie would be in my must rewatch, must suggest to people list except for that scene like that when the lipstick becomes like this slug snake thing it looks like a fucking penis yeah it it it, yes it's a dick and it goes up her skirt and it possesses her i mean and i don't know what the writers and director of this movie were working through in their hatred of women and during that scene, but I don't want to relive So that. here's no. a funny story before we hit record uh, when Brian and I were hanging out in here. Uh, so Brian had a <laughs> I miss, choice. I misheard that. So, sorry yeah. not to cut you off. I completely misheard the direction you were going. I was <laughs> be like, we haven't recorded yet? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were talking about how Brian had a choice to make last night over which movie to watch with Jade. And the decision ultimately came down to, I can rent this one on our television versus the other one we would have to sit around the laptop. Uh, And he was like, I said, man, it's a shame because Jade probably would have liked the other movie that we watched instead. And he goes, I think she would have liked anything that wasn't just about a very, very horny demon the whole time. (laughs) I agree that that lipstick scene is both very disturbing, but also probably one of the 
cooler looking practical effects when the lipstick comes to life. But the top notch moment in this movie is boob hands. I, that I is. actually want to know how they did that practically in 1994. <laughs> like it looked, I mean, and of course, Megan comes in the only time she has to look at the screen when I've watched any movie in the last six fucking months of quarantine. And then she sees boob hands. She's like, what the fuck? And did you look at her and say, Matt Kelly picked this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently not as clever at lying as your brother is. It's just all the significant others of horror movie night convince them some type of boob obsessed pervert because I don't appreciate it. No, I, Megan knows exactly what you are. She knows that you're a fucking man baby who likes buttered pasta uh, <laughs> a, a, at the age of 33. I don't want to be defined by that, and I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> the things that define us, you don't always get to choose those things, Matt. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, there's this movie takes so, like, literally it says, lipstick came to life 55 minutes into movie. First point, I'm semi-interested in, in what's happening. <laughs> like, it takes so long for this movie to get going. As we're talking about how good the boob hands effect is, it's almost like it's trying to make up for the fact that the face in the toilet bowl is a terrible effect. It's not even a terrible effect as much as it's a stupid concept. Yeah. I don't know, me and Jade actually enjoyed that because she was like, that's my worst nightmare. And I was like, your worst nightmare is a demon head in the toilet when you open it? She's like, yeah. And I was like, you gotta admit, it is kind of funny. Like, imagine if like, there's this demon just ready to perv out on you and we just had Taco Bell and I run to the toilet and he's like, hey, no, no. <laughs> but once this movie gets going, and this is a thing that we've seen in a, you know, we just did Funhouse recently and Funhouse I think falls into the same vein where it's like, it takes like a half hour to get going. But when it gets going, it's just like, kill, 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 kill. So like, Well, it's because they have twice the cast in this movie. Like, it, it's so, you're right that there are so many people that you just can't care about any of them. Like, yeah. and half the time I'm like, who's the fucking survivor girl? Is it Mouse? Because she's Angela's sister? And therefore, she's like gonna she's gonna survive, or and we're supposed to care about her because she's obviously not gonna take her top off. But then, sorry for anybody that hasn't watched any of the demons too, but I'm going to spoil who the survivor girl is. It's BB, but BB has sex. Yeah, mm -hmm. breaking all the rules. Like it's just very odd to me that the movie is is a it's a real conundrum. There are like also three survivor girls because the nun fucking survives getting decapitated. That effect sucked. But the one dude doesn't escape being decapitated and it made me real happy when it happened because there was so much blood squirting out of his neck hole after he got his head there's a off. lot of head trauma and there's a lot of goop in this movie and i am here for it because those are the two things that i care about the most in horror movie night movies i was having a blast like i know that this movie takes a while to to gain some momentum but i was having a blast because once it gains the momentum it's a good time yeah like amelia kincaid hanging out always fun because she's just so over the top as angela this movie feels every day of 1994 to me it looks and feels like an early 90s horror movie with a big budget like a budget that it almost didn't know what to do with. But the funny thing is, and I think we talked about this. Yeah, on... Night of the Demons 3 had a bigger budget. Yeah, Night of the Demons 2 actually had the lowest budget of all of the Night of the Demon movies. Yeah, but it doesn't look it. It looks like the best of the three, in my opinion, because I watched yeah. Night of the Demons 3 after Night of the Demons 2. Funny story about Night of the Demons 3, I didn't even know it existed until I met Amelia Kincaid. I, I was having her sign my Night of the Demons vinyl, and she was like, oh, have you seen 
the other two and i'm like there's a third one she's like oh yeah you gotta watch it and i'm sorry amelia i mean i know she's not listening but i'm sorry amelia but i would have been better off not having watched the third one because yes you get a lot of screen time but the rest of that movie is absolute garbage and it was like shot on fucking video in 1997 i think i've seen it once and since you most recently watched it remind me is Night of the Demons 3, like, essentially in a warehouse for a lot of it? And there's, like, a scene with, like, a truck? No, they're in Hull House. Okay, then I got no clue what I was remembering. I, I know that I watched all three of them in, like, one weekend at one point. I want to talk about the budgets real quick. Because you've got Night of the Demons. So, in 1988, that movie had a budget of $3.1 million, right? Yeah. Night of the Demons 3 had a budget... Of five point seven million dollars in nineteen ninety seven. In nineteen ninety seven, Night of the Demons two in ninety four, and this is so entertaining to me. Is the Wikipedia says the budget is either one point four million or two point seven million, and it's got two different reference points for both of the budget prices. <laughs> so we don't know what it is, but either way, even at the high end of 2.7, it is still the lowest budgeted Night of the Demons movie, while it's still, like you said, it looks like they are just spending money on anything. and it, They run out. They run out at the <laughs> dude, very last scene. They dude, run that out. CGI snake. Oh, my fucking God. That was goosebumps. Dude. I don't know, man. I, yeah, that, that it's not awesome, but it's oddly endearing because that is Amelia Kincaid in like a full no, body no, no, suit. No, 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 no. You're no, talking no, no. about a different thing. I like I like the Medusa. That was dope. Yeah, yeah, I like the Medusa snake thing. I'm talking about the very last shot where she takes out the lipstick and a CGI snake explodes out oh, of it into yeah. the Yeah, that was terrible. No, no, no. This the the Medusa scene I enjoyed. Yeah, the Medusa snake is actually one of the highlights, I think. The only other thing that I have written down that I really want to talk about. This also taps into like a, a thing that I notice Scott loves and I enjoy it too to a certain extent is like weird subversion of religious tropes so like the idea that like this nun has what can only be described as a cooler filled with holy water for filling up water <laughs> balloons is so funny to me like when they're getting ready to go into the whole house and she's just like Filling up these water balloons with holy water. I was like, this is so fucking funny in like a Lost Boys kind of way. Like, this is like. Oh, they get some, the. Yeah, they have the montage. Yeah, like, this is like Frog Brothers shit. Like, it's yeah. so funny that it's coming from like an actual nun. Well, she's got. She uses her like rosary as kind of like a whip. Like a. Like, it's like her vampire killer whip. She's Simon Belmont in Castlevania. And the reason I mentioned that is because I decided that I'm going to... I know I'm not going to be able to go to any um, Halloween parties this year, but I, by fuck, I'm going to be dressing up. So uh, I decided I'm going to do a Simon Belmont cosplay this year. It's on my mind, and I bought myself a 12-foot pleather whip that I'm going to use as my, like, vampire killing whip. Hers is made out of a rosary. Nice. Is Aunt, so is Angela's family, does she come from like a Mormon family? Is that the story or do they just, they had no idea what a good girl dressed like. So they're like, all right, let's just, uh, let's make Missy like Amish or overly Mormon. Well, I mean, her family's all dead essentially, right? Because didn't they say that the mom and yeah. dad like committed suicide because. No, I understand that, dead. but she was dressed for 1772 and I didn't understand why. <laughs> well, that could have been the orphanage that she went to after they all. Like yeah, didn't you hear me sing song making fun of her for having dead parents? 
Yeah. Get with the times. There was a point when I was watching this where I was like, is Mouse the same actress from the movie I have to watch after this? In certain shots, but it she does look very similar. Like, I was yeah. like, huh. I thought that for a second. Well, the funnier thing, the basically like the rapisty kind of guy with the stupid hair who's friends with Shirley, the bad girl, and also Shirley's sort of boyfriend. The the one who gets he gets turned into a demon and then I think he gets liquefied. Who was in Dr. Giggles? Z Boy is his Z Boy, thank you. He has a demon cock at one point. <laughs> demon cock, that's right. Yes. <laughs> he and Zoe Trilling, the woman who played Shirley, were both in Dr. Giggles. Yeah, that's why I recognize. She's her. the one that gets the thermometer down the throat while he is trying to find the, the get condom the, fish the, the condom out of the yeah. You know, everyone's favorite party game. Fish the condom from the toilet. Sweeping the nation. Here's the bigger thing that I, I don't think that you guys quite understand. You didn't have a hard time with these busty college girls telling ghost stories before bed just in their bras. No. no I assume that that's what happens in all sororities. But they're not in college. That's the fucked up thing is it's a high school. It's a Catholic high school. You think it's college. Like, I thought this was college when I was falling asleep watching it when I was high on NyQuil at, at Monster Mania a couple years ago. But but it's supposed to be a Catholic high school. And so we're watching all these girls traipse around topless. And so it's like, oh, yeah, these amazing double D breasts are supposed to be 17 year old double D breasts. And you're like, oh, that makes this even creepier. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't suggest this movie to anybody, no matter how much gore, decapitation and goo. Because like what we haven't really mentioned is that, yeah, it's super gooey because they liquefy demons with holy water and they literally like we get a head melt and it's so super cool but like i just can't suggest this movie to anybody because it's really gross like in a sexual way i mean we've talked about it before that like this is almost the the darkest period for horror cuz it's that like early 90s pre-scream where like everybody who was making horror it was almost like a throwback to like the grindhouse movies because no one you were like, well, we know for sure that no fucking theater is showing this, so we might as well just be as sleazy as we can get. And I feel like that is, like, a definitive trope of, like, that 1992 to 95 period of the 90s where people were like, ooh, yeah, that's a dark, that's a dark period in horror. I think it's because <laughs> so much stuff was, like, these straight-to-movie films. Mm-hmm. Straight-to-video, you mean? Yeah, straight-to-movie, whatever. You know what I meant. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page here, bro. Anyone have any stray notes that they want to cover before we move on to the next portion of the show? I just want to say to Brian that uh, next time we're in the same room uh, and you fart, I'm going to say it smells like Godzilla's butthole. I did have that quote written down and didn't know how to make it work, but Scott found the way. 921 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? So, Double Features, Scott, this was your pick, so how about you tell us what you should watch along with Night of the Demons Dose? I just feel like this is kind of the Kmart Night of the Demons. It's it's really fun in a lot of ways, but it's definitely not as good as the movie that it's aping. And so, I'm going to go with Killer Party, which is not as good as the movie it's aping, which is Evil Dead 2. <laughs> it's funny, because Killer Party was, like, fresh on my mind from the poll, and I was like, huh, maybe Killer Party... So I'm glad that you picked it because you uh, obviously picked that movie and have more confidence in what Killer Party is about because I barely remember. I actually uh, have it on tape. It, it is like such a good piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to go. I know this is a little taboo to pick something that is tied to the Night of the Demons franchise, but I feel like this is as good a time as ever to once again stand up for a remake that I feel like gets way too much bullshit thrown upon it. Uh, the Night of the Demons remake is probably the best Night of the Demons sequel out there, and I highly recommend people check it. Night of the Demons from 2009, starring, I think, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth, bro, yeah. And Edward Furlong. Uh, it's a fun time. It is not better than the original, but it's a fun time. It's just a beat for beat. Like, it's not, I mean, it's definitely not a bad movie. It's not nearly as bad as what people say about it. So after watching this, I'd have to call... Call up my buddy Joshua and say, come on over, catch the next flight. We're watching Beetlejuice because there was a lot of scenes that just gave me the whole Beetlejuice vibe with obviously the the Medusa scene we talked about, the tongue coming out. And I just think Beetlejuice is a better fun movie. So I'd wash myself of this movie with a better movie. Ooh, hot, hot take from Brian. Beetlejuice is a better movie than Night of the Demons 2. <laughs> See, Matt is mocking me. Uh, but what he's saying is, how could he think that's a better movie? There's not a single boob in all the Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, that's not how I think. I don't like this depiction of me. All right, Scott, what is your recommendation for this week? I'm going to give you a hot take. I watched New Mutants. I mean, and I definitely didn't. I definitely did it in a <clears throat> legal way. And it is not as bad as everyone said. I enjoyed yeah. it. I mean, it's it's not reinventing the wheel and it's not utilizing Anya Joy Taylor. I don't know. Like it's not a great film and I probably wouldn't rewatch it, but I think that it's a great way to, I mean, you just have to shit that turd out, you know, like it's not a turd, but I'm just saying like uh, it's an intestinal blockage for the MCU. They just needed to get it out so that we could have mutants back in the MCU. And I think that they're going to be able to really flesh out the X-Men franchise correctly. Uh, and I think that they did a good job. Actually, I think that they did a great job of presenting all of those characters. I think that Ilyana was a little bitchy. Um, I know she was supposed to be, but pretty much every character 
made sense because I'm a huge New Mutants fan. I have all the comic books, I mean, from the first 50 or 60 issues or something like that. I thought that they did a good job of, of like, characterizing them. I'm going to talk about a TV show that I had really low expectations for, but, like, two or three different people told me to check it out. And I was very hesitant. And I think I was hesitant because I suffered through Warrior Nun recently. But yeah, I'm sorry about that. I didn't even it, suffer through it after telling you to watch it. It's no problem. Teenage Bounty Hunters is so much fun. What the fuck is that? I've never even heard of that. So it's a new Netflix series. It reminds me a little bit of Psych in the way that it's like humor is. But it's two twins that go to Catholic school together. And that's why I'm talking about it. It kind of brings it back into Night of the Demons too as well. But they go to Catholic school together. And one night they get into a car accident. And the person who they hit turns out that they have a bounty on on his head. And they befriend the bounty hunter that's there to capture him and basically lie their way into being like, oh, no, yeah, we're bounty hunters. We we just look really young. That's how we get into places. So they kind of start teaming up with this guy to, like, catch different fugitives. And it's kind of just like a Monster of the Week type show. Like, each week it's a different bounty that they're trying to do. But they do these really funny segments where, like, fisheye lens close-ups of both twins' faces as they're, like, yelling back and forth at each other. And you realize that it's because they're twins, they have, like, a weird telepathy with each other. So it's, like, these long monologues where they're actually saying nothing, but it's, like, in a matter of seconds, they have, like, a full conversation with each other to make sure that they're all on the same page with the lie that they're about to move forward on. No, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but I had a good time. I, I laughed. It was, like, exactly what I needed this weekend. Just, like, a dumb, fun, like, 10-episode ep series of, like, silly, goofy shit. Uh, so, highly recommend that one. Boy, season two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I was going to actually ask you, uh, if, if you weren't going to talk about it, I was going to be like, are we? have we all caught up on the boys? I didn't watch this week's episode, and obviously for the listeners, by the time this drops, season two is finished, but season two just started at the time that we recorded, so I've watched the first three episodes. Okay, I yeah, watched, I've the, watched first the first four. four. Yeah, I watched the first yeah. four too. Can we talk about the whale scene? The whale scene, so gratuitous. <laughs> it's so good though. Uh, the deep is like the runaway star of the season right now. I feel like every time that he's on screen, I'm captivated. <laughs> uh, well, wait until episode four because Stormfront really, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I... she takes she takes care of the. <laughs> I like Stormfront right out the gate. Like when she shows up on the Instagram story, I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be Stormfront season and I'm okay with that." Like, let's let's do this. She's awful. Oh, she's great. She, she's well, you're a supposed great to fucking hate her. Yeah, she's worse than Homelander, which is incredible. Like, I I I mean, my prediction is that those two are going to fuck before this season is over. No, they're, they're definitely not going to fuck, dude. Like, if you'd seen episode four, you'd know. Oh, I am so pissed, Matt. Why You you have nothing to do, and you haven't watched episode four yet. Because <laughs> oh, I so watched Teenage <laughs> Bounty Hunters, but I didn't watch the fourth episode of The Boys. Like, the fourth episode of this season so far is the best episode of The Boys that they've done. Mm -hmm. How did, listen, first of all, how dare you? I watched Teeny Teeny. Jesus Christ, Teenage Bounty Hunters on Thursday, and I had a lot of shit to do on Friday, okay? I recorded seven fucking podcasts yesterday, and then still that had to find like time. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah. And, then had, and then found time, then I had to find time to watch these two movies and a movie for that podcast. So I'm sorry that I didn't have time to watch the fucking boys yet. I'm going to watch it when we're done recording. Don't you shame me. 
All I'm going to say is this. There is a scene where Jade looked over and saw my face that was just a mix of confusion and disgust. And arousal. Is that is that the... <laughs> <clears throat> yep. <laughs> I was watching that. I couldn't sleep last night, so I'm watching that. It's like 3 a.m. and Or this morning, I suppose. And it happens, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, now I definitely need to watch what happens. All right, so The Boys was great. Yeah, all right. Well, sounds like a lot of big recommendations. Everyone clearly agrees that The Teenage Bounty Hunters is the best of the recommendations this month. So, uh, it's the, like, uh, that's the most... I feel like you made that up. Like, <laughs> that sounds like the most Matt Kelly on-the-spot concept for a TV show ever. You're like about to go into a pitch meeting and you're like you had a half a cup of coffee and so of course your your uncaffeinated brain is like oh fuck caffeine oh i gotta come up with an idea how about teenage bounty hunters who are twins that can talk to each other in their minds yes hey man whatever it's got a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes so some people agree with me at least but yeah no uh that was night of the demons part two from 1994 is picked by scott uh, next week, we'll be talking about a movie that I picked that Scott has been wanting me to pick for, uh, I don't know, five years. So we Easily. are finally we are finally talking about it. So pop on over next week and see what we're talking about. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network.